All right, good to see you today. So glad that you're here at Sturkey Hills. And let me get you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. We're still in this series called Can I Get, Wit- Can I get a Witness from the Book of Acts? And uh, let me tell you this, this interesting fact about the Word of God. God's Word is an equal opportunity offender. And so we've talked about alcohol consumption. We've talked about gluttony. We've talked about faithfulness to the Lord's church above all things. And we're going to get another topic today. But I want to let you know that today's topic is probably the most universal um, grievous sin uh, that there is. In fact, I'm going to tell you, this this sin that we're going to talk about today is very near you, okay? Just kind of discreetly look to your left. And now look to your right. Now look over your shoulder to the person behind you. Now look up here, probably guilty as charged. Okay, this is for everybody. I want you to know that. And so that's the beauty of God's word. It's the beauty of being a a follower of Jesus is that he's just honest with us and he loves us the same. So it doesn't matter that that we have these sins in our life. I mean, it it matters in terms of holiness, but in terms of God's love for us, it never changes. It never stops. It's never diminished. It's not reduced because we're guilty of one particular sin or another. But God's goal is that as we move forward, we pursue holiness in our life. Because holiness is godliness, and God's goal for all of us is simply to be like Christ. And so we're going to uncover these and discover these things. And so to help you understand a little bit about it, we're going we're gonna to look back in time. But before we do, let me just go ahead and ask you to do something for me. Everybody today, I want to invite you to take off your, your rubber suit so this just, the Holy Spirit's word doesn't just bounce off of you, okay? I want you to take off your flak jacket or your bulletproof vest and just let the Holy Spirit be honest with you and allow yourself to be honest with the Holy Spirit. So what is this grievous sin that's so bad? Well, there was a song written about it in the, I guess, the 80s by a man named Don Henley. And if you know who he is, you're old. He sang for the Eagles. And here's the song. It goes like this. I make my living off the evening news. Just give me something, something I can use. People love it when you lose. They love dirty laundry. Well, I could have been an actor, but I wound up here. I just have to look good. I don't have to be clear. Come and whisper in my ear. Give us dirty laundry. We got the bubble-headed bleach blonde comes on at 5. She can tell you about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. It's interesting when people die. Give us dirty laundry. And then, the, then the, the chorus goes like this. Kick them when they're up, kick them when they're down. Kick them when they're up, kick them all around. Give us dirty laundry. Now, if you're familiar with that song, raise your hand. You're old. Now, I am too. I can say that. Okay. Now, here's what's amazing about that secular song, okay, that made it big, made a lot of money for Don Henley and for the record company. Scripture affirms what Don Henley sang. You say, well, where's that? Okay, when, when God's word says anything, it's powerfully important. When God's word says the same thing exactly twice in two different locations, he's saying, I want you to hear this. So I want you to hear it too. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8, and also Proverbs 26, verse 22, this is how it reads. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels, and they have gone down into the person's innermost being. We have this natural desire. We don't have to um, develop a taste for gossip. It's in us. We just like hearing it. Unfortunately, we like sharing it. Now, when I think of a, a morsel, I'm thinking recently somebody gave me, a, my wife and I, a gift card to Connors. And we went over there and we got, I had a filet and I had calamari. That's a morsel, all right? Um, I, like, um, I like a man's ice cream, chocolate raspberry truffle in a waffle cone. That's a man's ice cream. I don't know if you know that. I like that. And I like just about anything that my wife cooks because she's a fantastic cook. Now, here's the thing. Scripture says gossip is like that. Whatever it is that you really love to eat, that you love to take into your mouth, the Word says twice. That's what gossip is. It is choice morsels that go in and 
we take it into our innermost. And, and we know it's true because if we only looked at secular culture in America, we have television shows like TMZ. We have media like People Magazine. Uh, we have talk shows and the news media, which is just saturated with all of this gossip, with all of this dirty laundry. Now, when I was growing up, there was a television show on that old people will know. It's called Dennis the Menace. Anybody heard of Dennis the Menace? Dennis the Menace uh, had a good word about gossip. He said, now listen good because I can only tell you this once because my dad told me not to repeat it. <laughs> okay, so as if it's okay to say it once. It's not okay to say it once. He missed the memo, okay? Gossip is not okay. Gossip is a sin. It is a grievous sin, and it is a sin that all of us participate in. I can say that. Universally, everybody in here participates in gossip. You say, I don't gossip. No, but you hear gossip. Scripture even addresses people who listen or entertain gossip. Now, also when I was a kid, if I let my tongue get carried away, two things would happen. First, if I said a dirty word, my mom made me eat soap. She would go to jail today for that. Anybody, any soap eaters up in here? Yeah, it worked, okay? It worked. So we ate soap. But if I got carried away and I just would not be quiet, whether it's myself or my brothers, my mom would say, hey, it's time to zip it. Anybody been told to zip it in your life? Just zip it. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit of God wants to send a message to this church today, and it's two words, zip it. He wants us just to terminate being gossipers, terminate being those who share, and terminate uh, those who receive. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, you say, but I thought we were in Acts. Oh, we are. And Acts is an incredible book about the early church. And when we read it, we can learn a lot of things. And we're going to learn today that just like the title of the series is called, Can I Get a Witness? Sometimes we're so busy witnessing about other people, we don't have time to witness about the one who matters the most. And the truth is, we practice witnessing a lot. We practice witnessing about other people. And Jesus is saying, enough of that. Zip it. Can I get a witness? So we're in Acts chapter 6. Last week, we looked at the first seven verses, and we talked about growing pains. They had pains in the church because it was growing. It's beautiful. And so they appointed some men to look after some of the duties and responsibilities of the church. And one of those men... Uh, in Acts was named Stephen. Now, if you were one of the deacons, TJ or Stephen, uh, Steve that got ordained last week, you don't really like this chapter because it's like last week they got ordained to serve, appointed to serve. This week they served and then they get killed. It's like, that doesn't sound very good, but they didn't have the security team we have, so deacons, you're going to be fine. But it's true. That's what it looks like in the early church. And so, and so I want you to know today that God wants us to give a good witness, and he wants to do away with the gossip, with the chatter. And so look at the person next to you now and say this. You ready? I need to zip it. Just say it. You're wanting to say you need to zip it, but say I need to zip it. See, I kind of tricked you just a little bit right there, okay? The truth is this thing starts at home. This is one of the most obvious sins that we like to look at the log in our neighbor's eye and, excuse me, the splinter in our neighbor's eye and ignore the log in our own eye because we do it and, and we want other people to stop. We all need to stop gossiping. And we're going to un, uh, uncover, discover today the real meaning of it, that it's not actually what we think it is. You see, sometimes we defend our position. We defend our activities, our actions, we defend our words, and, and, and we come up with some kind of a, an argument to make us look okay. And it might sound like this with gossip. Well, it's not gossip. Why? Because it's true. That's gossip. Gossip is not a matter of true or false. Gossip is a matter of sharing information about someone, whether it's true or false, with the, with the slant, with the motivation of 
diminishing or hurting the person, the target of our gossip. And, and so we need to understand. So in this case, listen what happens. In Acts chapter 6, verse 8, Stephen's been appointed to serve. He's doing it big. It says, now Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. In our terms today, nailed it. I mean, he's knocking it out of the park. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is granting him signs and wonders. He's doing great works among the people. He has a following. I mean, he is not just proclaiming the name of Jesus with his words. He's demonstrating the love of Jesus with his actions. People are noticing him as different. But when that happens, other people take notice and they want to tear him down. And so... Point number one on the back of your life, guide is simply this, straight from the horse's mouth. How many of you heard that expression before? You know this is good information because it's straight from the horse's mouth. Now, what does that even mean? I don't know how they came up with it, but it means um, you've got firsthand information. This came from somebody who has actually been there, all right? But sometimes not actually been there. Sometimes the horse's mouth, got their information second, third hand. So listen what happens now. Here's Stephen, early church growing pains, knocking it out of the park, beautiful description of his life, verse 9. But some men from the synagogue of the freedmen, both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, as well as some from Cilicia and the province of Asia, they stood up and argued with Stephen, verse 10. Yet they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Now, now this is the origin of gossip often. This is how it materializes. There is a, a disagreement. There's a, 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 an unsatisfactory view of a situation or of a life of someone else. And, 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 and we don't like their actions. We don't like their viewpoints. Maybe we don't like their successes or their following. Maybe we're jealous. Maybe we just have a different mindset. But it all kind of, this is the launch pad for gossip to begin. The, the root of most of our words of gossip can fall in just a few categories. Now, there are others. This isn't an exhaustive list, but it might include a desire to be right, by making someone else appear wrong. A desire to tear someone else down who appears to be doing better or more successful than we are. A desire to build ourselves up at the expense of lowering other people. A desire to hurt a person in response to a hurt that they have given us. A desire to be someone who is in the know or in the loop, the one that has the fresh and juicy information. Often, that's where gossip comes from, one of those categories. Now, there are other categories, but often that's where they come from. And, and so we need to practice the, the idea of what my mother used to say to me. It's this, zip it. We just need to practice that. When, when we begin to listen to it, entertain it as a choice morsel, Scripture says. We need to zip it in our ears. And if it gets into our life, into our mind, into our heart, we need to practice intentionally the idea of zipping it so it doesn't go any further than that. Often we have the wrong idea. As I mentioned, that gossip is, is, is not gossip if it's true. That's a lie. Gossip can be absolutely true and still be considered a sin, it can still be considered gossip. By definition, gossip is idle talk or rumor, especially about the personal or private affairs of others. Gossip is a negative report that can be false or it can be true, but it is negative in nature. Gossip can, in an instance, switch to another word, very much like it, called Slander. Slander is the malicious spread of information with the intention of doing harm, one-sided, without the presence of the other person. And quite honestly, much of our gossip is as much slander, if not more, than it is just gossip, as if gossip is not just enough. Often it's slanderous, it's malicious, it's with a desire to hurt or harm. Now here's what's interesting. I could stand up here and talk about gossip and make a bunch of stuff up, but I don't have to. Scripture is very clear. The inerrant 
eternal, infallible word of God talks about gossip a lot. It does in the Old Testament. It does in the New Testament. So what does it say? Well, first I want to tell you, in the New Testament, when we read the word gossip, it comes from a Greek word, which is considered, this is a big word, it's called an onomatopoetic poetic word. What does that even mean? It means it sounds like what it's talking about. Like if I said the word zoom, just the sound of it sounds like something's moving forward. Well, the word for gossip in the Greek is this, sithurismos. Everybody say sithurismos. Did, did you hear how snaky that sounded? Just evil and wicked, right? It's in the word sithorismos. You know, ah, you know, you, I, come over here. I got some sithorismos for you. I, that's, I think that's what God hears when he listens to our conversation many times as we talk about other people. And so Jewish custom, if you're a Jew in the first century, which is when this was written, they understood that it was wrong. And here they're... they're committing the sin of gossip and slander, and the, what they're saying is that Stephen was being sinful. They're being sinful, telling people Stephen's being sinful. I mean, it's the, the expression is, you know, the pot calling the kettle black. In Leviticus 19, they would know this. You must not go about as a slanderer among your people. You must not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am the Lord. You see, gossip, to say it is a sin. Gossip to hear it and just stand idly by, receive it without any defense of the person or the object or the target of the gossip is a sin. How many times have you heard somebody say something about somebody else that you just listened and maybe, maybe just maybe once upon a time you chimed in with some additional narrative about the person? Do you know anybody that's ever heard a little bit of gossip and chimed in with a little bit more of the story, just say, I have. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you if you were the person, because you probably were, okay? So it's easier to think about other people committing this sin than it is ourselves. but the truth is we pretty much all do it. Proverbs 20:19. if you're a Jew, you would have known this. It's in the first century. The one who goes about gossiping reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with someone who is always opening their mouth. Now, that's wisdom writing. Do you realize how many friends we would have to excommunicate if we weren't allowed to listen to some gossip, right? And I remember used to, when I was young, I used to think it was girls, just girls gossip. Why? Because they do. That's why I thought that. The problem was I thought they were the only ones. But the truth is it's not just female. This is, this is non-sexist. This is cross-gender Men and women, we all do it, right? We all contribute, and it is a grievous sin before God. Now, in the Old Testament, when, when it talks about a gossip or slander, the Hebrew word right here is rakalut, rakalut. It, it ought to be called ratalut, ratalut, because this particular word, it references what we would today call the whistleblower, right? We hear the word whistleblower a lot on the news. Oh, we got a whistleblower, you know. We can't tell you his name yet. What? That's so wrong. You know, an anonymous whistleblower, right? I get anonymous whistleblowers sometimes. They'll send me a text from a number I had heard, and they'll say something with no name, so I just delete. You know, a, a preacher told once upon a time he was stepping up to preach. Somebody handed him a note, and he opened up the note, and he told the church, he said, I have had letters written where people forgot to sign the letter. This person signed the letter and forgot to write the letter. It says, fool. So, now, that went over some of y'all's head. Y'all need to go out and get another whatever flavor of the day is, all right? And, and, so, and so often, this whistleblower is the one who tells, the one who knows, the person who takes pride in knowing what others don't know, but then more pride in enlightening them on the information that they don't know yet. Meanwhile, the Bible says, zip it. The Bible also says, uh, says zip it when we appear, so we can appear more wise. Did you know that? If we keep our lips shut, we can, be, we can appear more wise. Scripture says in Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool who remains silent is considered wise. And the one who holds his tongue is deemed discerning. Now, in layman's terms, that means this. 
it's better for people to think you are a fool than for you to open your mouth and take away all doubt. It, when we zip it, it improves our position and our appearance of wisdom and understanding. The Bible suggests that we should zip it because it extinguishes arguments. In Proverbs 26, 20, it says, where there is no wood, a fire goes out. And where there is no gossip, contention ceases. Have you ever thought about how long dissension between two parties goes on simply because of the gossip and the chatter that's connected to it? Rather than just taking away the wood or the fuel and just allowing it to die peacefully, we like to continue. Why? Because it is a choice morsel. The Bible says that if we would zip it, friendships would be stronger. Proverbs 17, 9, the one who forgives an offense seeks love, but whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. And Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. We've all known friends who are separated because of the chatter, because of the gossip. And so scripture says we can zip it and friends will, relationships will be stronger. Now in this passage that's, that's targeted at Stephen, I want you to notice all of the names of the gossipers. <laughs> there are none. You see, in this passage, it says Stephen, and then it says them and they. And isn't that the way it is with the gossip? They said, everybody said, he said, she said, they're all saying, right? And they have no names, and so let me help you understand often when gossip is being presented to you. Right in the middle of it, you can just, man, bug your eyes out and say, wow, I didn't know that. Can I quote you by name when I tell this? Let me prophesy the answer. No, I don't want to get involved. Shut up. You just got involved when you started talking gossip, right? So practice that. I mean, nobody wants to be quoted. No names in here except for the object and the target of the gossip. And so we need to learn to zip it. So straight from the horse's mouth, okay? Don't count on it. It's probably not straight from the horse's mouth, okay? Number two, keep this on the DL. If you're old, that's the down low. Go to keep it on the DL, right? Now, you know what that looks like. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. But let's, let's just keep it on the DL, man, all right? Gossip is coming. Why? Because I don't want anybody to know where this came from, right? Verse 11 says, Then they secretly, on the DL, instigated some men to say, We have heard this man speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they incited the people and the elders and the experts in the law. And then they approached Stephen and seized him and brought him before the council. More of them they and one name, the target, Stephen. And all secretly, like, like there's an expression, you know, gossip is what you would never say in front of somebody's face. And flattery is what you would never say behind their back. And that's what's going on. I, I wouldn't say this out loud. I, I wouldn't say this if there was a chance that somebody's got their phone out recording it and, and, and they're going to show somebody else that I'm the one that said it. Often, that's what gossip looks like. It's secret. The intent is to damage and, and to, to create a problem for another person. Now, in the Old Testament, this type of gossiper has a Hebrew word. It's the nergon. Okay, spelled N-I-R-G-A-N, and it means the whisperer. This person shares information in a clandestine or silent manner. Insecurity and jealousy drives, drives them to, to quietly tear another person down. Uh, but they don't want to be quoted. They don't want to be uh, involved. They are the whispering gossip. And the whole truth is not necessarily going to provide the, the best outcome. And so by saying it silently, we can manipulate it and massage it a little bit and maybe over-dramatize or embellish it a little bit because nobody's going to know that I said it so I can make it more so it can have more of the effect that I desire, and that is to undermine or do damage to the, under, to the other party. And all of a sudden, we've, we've developed this coalition, a following, an army, 
an army of no names who are standing mysteriously invisible against the one person who has the name and just happens to be the target of the gossip. Just invisible. We don't know where this comes from. I've had that on me. I've owned the fact that if you're a leader in the church, listen, we'll get to it in a minute. If If you walk in the truth or try to walk in the truth, and I mess up, I'm not pretending that, but if you try to walk in the truth, People will say lies about you, and I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. So it's a reality. But sometimes these lies develop, and they just turn into this mountain, a volcano of vomit. And you try to figure out where it came from, and nobody knows. It just emerged out of nowhere because nobody wants to take ownership in the end. Now, a gossip is only as successful as the gossip is at finding an ear to hear it. If there's no ear to hear it, the gossip, it's just, I got nothing. I, I can't share this. You're not interested in hearing this. And, and you, can, you can test this. You can have a conversation with somebody. And, and the next time somebody says, hey, 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 did you hear? And before they get it out of their mouth, you go, no, I didn't. But hey, I need to talk to you about something. Let's, did you see the game? They just changed the gears altogether. Have another conversation. They're not listening. They're waiting for a pause for you to take a breath so you can say, no, no, no. Did you not hear? Because they are dying to find an Uber to take this message to the world, right? They're looking for an Uber service to show up with a little blue light on their head that will take this information to its next destination, right? It's real. They, they have to have an ear to hear. So Paul addressed gossip in the New Testament because he was worried about it being of all places, listen, in the church. Paul was worried about gossip being in the original early church. 2 Corinthians 12. He says, for I am afraid that somehow when I come, I will not find you what I wish, but also that you will find me not what you wish. I'm afraid that somehow there may be quarreling, jealousy, intense anger, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder in the church. Paul is saying, listen, we've given you instructions, and I'm worried that when I come to visit you, I am not going to be the guy that you want to see, and you're not going to be the church that I want to see. Because we're not going to agree that how you're living and how I taught you is in alignment. And so he was worried, and one of the worries was gossip. Secondly, I I want you to know that sometimes the reason that we fall guilty and we fail in the area of gossip is, quite honestly, we're just spiritually lazy. We're not intentional, certainly not intentional about witnessing about Christ. So we get lazy, and we just talk about other people. Now, watch this. I just want to be real, real honest. If you have ever, if you could, if you stood before God right now and he asked you this very pressing question, have you talked about other people more than you have Jesus? Raise your hand. Okay, I got to raise my hand. So I'm asking you, if you, if God asked you, have you talked about people more than you have Jesus? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Next week, I already know what the subject is, lying. So, let's just own it. Why are are we so, why is it so difficult for us to be honest among people in our church? It's true. We do talk about more people than we talk about Jesus. And in fairness, we probably talk negatively about more people than we talk positively about Jesus. We get lazy. 1 Timothy 5, Paul says, besides that, We're going around from house to house, learning to be lazy. And they're not only lazy, but they're also gossips and busybodies and talking about things that they should not. He's saying rather than being intentionally learning, pursuing what God wants in our life, we become lazy spiritually and we become busybodies. We become more interested in what's going on around us and how we can make the people we don't like look worse and, 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 and for, we forget about what we're supposed to be about. And so we have to learn the discipline and the practice of watching our conversations and learning to zip it. Because the, all of our conversations are full of some truth but much mistruth 
untruth, partial truths, and it's really hard to distinguish. You know, when, when a child, if you have children or grandchildren and they lie, you can catch them. You can say, did you break that thing? No. Yeah, you did. I see it in your face. You know, now over time they practice that, right? And they get much better. Then they grow up and they get really good at lying, right? So the truth is when people tell us stuff, it can sound so convincing to be the truth just because that person has practiced the art of lying so long. And so it's really hard to distinguish the truth from a lie. I had a situation not long ago, and for the life of me, I can't remember where it was. This woman says out loud, she says, hey, I know you. And there was a bunch of people around. And I said, oh, hi. I said, how do you know me? She said out loud, I saw you with all those women. I said, what are you talking about? Now there's people listening. And she said, I saw you with all those women. And people's heads were tilting. And ears were twitching. Because this is some good, juicy, dirty laundry, right? Pastor with a bunch of women. My head was twitching tilting and ears were twitching and I said where did you see me with a bunch of women she said up there at that uh church a Christmas ladies thing I said oh up at the ladies Christmas tea make sure everybody got the rest of the story now in that moment in that moment uh it, it could have been ugly I mean the preacher's running around with a bunch of women I do run around with a bunch of women my wife my two daughters and my granddaughter Okay, that's the women I roll with, all right? So if that's, the, if that's the context, guilty is charged. But for somebody else, I just say, yeah, I saw you with that bunch of women. That could go anywhere. So we have to be careful. Now, straight from the horse's mouth, not necessarily true. Keep this on the DL. Probably a pretty good hint, gossip is coming. Number three, you ready? I know this for a fact. Have you had those? I know this for a fact. Scripture goes on in verse 13. It says, they, these anonymous army of invisible yahoos, it says, they brought forward false witnesses who said, this man does not stop saying things against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him saying that Jesus the Nazarene will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. This Hebrew word, if you looked it up in the Hebrew, this reference, would be called a patha, which I'll call the vomiter. The vomiter is the person who knows everything for a fact. It's like the person who says this. You ever have anybody say, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. They just reference, they just preface what they're getting ready to tell you to be true, which suggests that if I don't say I'm not going to lie, then I may be lying. So, Scripture says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. So if we're saying, I'm not going to lie to you, stop saying that because it suggests all of the other times that it's not qualified, you're just making stuff up. And, and so this gossiper, this go gossiper now is the one who says, uh, I know this for a fact. And I want you to understand something. Secondhand information, thirdhand information, that's not a fact. In fact, it's not even a a distant relative to fact. That, that's what we would call in our culture fake news, okay? That, that's what that is. And, and facts are really hard to discern well. It's really hard. I'll give you an example. A few years ago, before we built this building, this was a grassy field. And, uh, and, and I like grass. Now, listen, after this, I just said that, I like grass. Somebody in the early service came up and said, you got to watch your words right there. I'm not going to gossip or anything, but I might tell somebody that our preacher likes grass. I don't like the kind you buy in a little baggie. I like the kind you mow. Okay, let's just go ahead and clear that up. And so that was your dad, Clark, who did that. And so anyway, anyway, I, I, I like taking care of the lawn, Okay. And so I came in one Monday morning, and somebody had whipped a bunch of donuts right here where we're worshiping, just plowed it up deep. I was mad. I mean, I was angry, you know. And so I, uh, at the end of the day, I'd, it had festered, man. I was tore up. I was going to have to fix this, this lawn. And so I came out about 4 o'clock to get in my manly car, a Mini Cooper, and uh, 
I looked out here in the field, and you know they say that criminal returns to, often returns to the scene of the crime. This guy's sitting out here in a little red Nissan, and we'd already watched the video. It was a red Nissan. I couldn't see the tags, but it was a red Nissan. It was him. And so I, I made my way over to my, to my man car, my Mini Cooper, and I got in it, and he saw me. So he took off, and he jetted out across the road and went in the, the condo subdivision across the street. Well, I know there's dead ends in there, so I parked my vehicle like a SWAT team from the FBI. I parked my Mini Cooper sideways in the road because I know he's got to come. I called a friend of mine, police officer. I said, hey, I got the perpetrator. He said, what are you talking about? I said, the guy that plowed up the field, I got him, got him cornered. What should I do? He said, when he pulls up, he said, punch him. I'm like, well, that's going to end well. Look good for the preacher. So this guy pulled up his baby Huey. He's probably 16 years old with a head that big. All he could do to get in that little Nissan, okay? And I didn't want to punch him. So I said, hey, I want to ask you. He said, what do you want? I said, I want to know why you plowed up our field. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he took off through somebody's yard and went around me. Now, here's, you say, what's this got to do with the facts? Okay, so far what I told you, those are the facts. The next part of it, now he's running, all right? I've got my phone. He's leaving. He said, get the tag number. The officer said, get the tag number. If you're in the heat of the moment, in the middle of a SWAT team takedown, okay, knowing and, and, and being able to perceive a moving, a, 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 what's the word? License plate, okay? You can forget it. I said, it's a 47BC2. He said, that's not even legit. Okay, and it's, it's going. So I finally, I finally narrowed it down. I gave him a license tag. He said, okay, I'll run it. He called me back in 15 minutes. He said, that's not even a legitimate number. That does, doesn't even exist. Now, if you ask me, I'm, it's the facts. I'm looking at it. I'm telling what I'm seeing. Sometimes what we see isn't as factual as what we think we see. We've got to be careful. So when we say things like that, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'll, I know this for a fact. I want you to understand something. There's people, you can accuse somebody of a fact that's not really a fact. It's fake news. You can be accused of something that's a fact, but it's not really a fact. It's fake news. How do I know this? Because if you are trying to do like Stephen, if you're trying to live full of the Holy Spirit, following his leadership and his guidance in your life, allowing God to do great things in your life, there's an enemy of everything good that God wants to do in your life, and his name is Satan. And Satan cannot bring you down truth for truth, but it's not above him or below him. He don't care to bring the lie. You see, he'll bring you down with a lie and present it as a fact. He, he doesn't care to use the lie. It is his nature. Jesus said in John 8, 44, you people are from your father, the devil. Okay, so there's one group of people in the world. And you want to do what your father, the devil, desires. And your father, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and does not uphold the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he lies, he speaks according to his own nature because he is a liar and he's the father of all lies. So much of the gossip, I want you to understand, whether you're hearing it, whether you're sharing it, whether you're the target of it, much of it is saturated with lies. There may be bits and fragments of truth, whether you're sharing it, hearing it, or the object of it, but often it's saturated with lies. And so overall, when you look in the Old Testament and you read all there is about gossiping, about this sin called gossiping, there's an overarching umbrella word in the Hebrew called halak. And halak is a word that finds its root in something that is walking or moving forward. And gossip has to have that. Gossip wants somebody who will take it and move it forward and walk it out and take it to its next location. So chapter 6 becomes to an end, and, and we see gossip. We see this man of God whose name is Stephen on the front end, says he's full of the Holy Spirit, seeing signs and wonders among the people. And then the end of Stephen, uh, this part of it in chapter 6, ends with this beautiful verse in verse 15. All who were sitting in the council 
looked intently at Stephen. All who were listening to all the fabrications, all of, of the people who were listening to, I'm just going to share the facts, I know the facts. All of the people who were listening to information straight from the horse's mouth, all of the people who are listening to the information that's been given on the DL, all of them were sitting looking at Stephen intently and listen what they saw. And they saw his face was like the face of an angel pretty cool now there's some confusion here all of a sudden because we're so confused about things in the bible we think now Stephen just became this dumpy little guy with pink cheeks curly hair wings and a harp that's not what angels look like that is a sad fabrication of angels an angel Al Mohler said this about angels. Angels, It's a good quote. He says, angels are not created to bring cuteness into the room. Stephen didn't bring cuteness into this terrible, grievous, gossiping, slanderous situation. Angels are messengers and worshipers of God. Angels are in their fallen state are at best a demon, at worst Satan himself. Angels are fearless and uh, faithful and forceful. Angels don't come to play tiddlywinks with the kids. Angels come to evoke fear and awe in men. Angels patiently wait at the starting block to be released with a message from God. That was in the face of this man who stood before all of these gossipers and slanders. So I'll shift gears a little bit. Maybe today you haven't been so much guilty of gossip whether hearing or transmitting or listening. Maybe today you've been the object of gossip of someone else. How do we respond? You get the face of an angel. You stand there firmly, proudly, boldly, knowing that you're living in the truth and the Holy Spirit is in your life. All right, so there's three things we need to zip it. The fourth one, you ready? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Acts 7, do they hurt? You better believe they hurt. Don't you believe that lie? Words hurt. Sticks and stones hurt. And for some reason, we feel like, I'm not going to throw a stick. I'm not going to throw a stone. But I'm going to throw a verbal assault because that's okay. No, you might as well take up a stick or a stone. They all hurt. Listen how it lands. What began in this gossiping, slanderous, just sinful cesspool of a conversation Acts chapter 7, verse 58. When they had driven Stephen out of the city, they began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. That's the Saul who will become Paul that wrote some of the passages I read. And they continued to stone Stephen while Stephen prayed. And his prayer was, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Sounds like Jesus. And then he fell to his knees and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he died. He asked for their forgiveness. Now, I'm here to tell you, sticks and stones, they hurt. And words, they hurt too. Don't you ever believe they don't hurt. You've been hurt by them whether you knew it or not. You've been hurt sometimes and you knew it. And you've hurt other people by the words that you've used, gossiping and running our mouths rather than simply zipping it and keeping silence. Gossip hurts at least three people every time it's transmitted. It hurts the person who shares it. It hurts the person who hears it. And it hurts the object of the one that it's given about. And it's usually not a one-time deal. You see, that choice morsel begins to be practiced and becomes part of our life. And so it's not like we do it one time. Oh, I committed the sin of gossip. Probably shouldn't have said that. And we stop. No, we, we, get, we, we, we embrace the response that somebody had to this juicy stuff, this morsel that we carried with us. And so we long for it. It becomes almost like a drug. And so I, if I can gossip on it, it'll, 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 it'll diminish the person that it's about and it'll make me look better in the process. So if we're not careful, we just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And so it def defames, it dishonors, and it hurts the characters of others. Gossip destroys reputations. Gossip negatively affects the lives of people. Gossip severs 
friendships and relationships and gossip can split the Lord's church. Gossip is too quickly told, too quickly heard, too quickly spread, and worst of all, too quickly believed. It's always looking for somebody to take it to its next destination. And I'll close with this. Gossip doesn't need much to be successful. All gossip needs is the right heart. In Luke chapter 6, 45, it says the good person out of the good treasury of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasury produces evil. For his mouth speaks from what fills his heart. Gossip just needs the right heart that's got an evil spot in there that it can be deployed to share this gospel. All gossip needs is the right hurt. The right person who's been hurt in the right way to respond to that hurt by hurting somebody else. The expression is hurt people hurt people. Ephesians 4.31 says you must put away all the bitterness and the anger and the wrath and the quarreling and the slanderous talk and all malice. Gossip just needs the right habit, the right life, practicing the wrong thing. First Timothy, and besides that, going from house to house, learning to be lazy, gossips, busybodies, talking about things they, that they shouldn't be talking about. And lastly, all gossip needs is the right heathen. You see, gossip is a sin of lost people. Sometimes we get frustrated with what lost people do. I can't believe they did that. God gets frustrated when saved people act like lost people. And gossip is a heathen activity. How do I know? Romans 1, we read this. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what should not be done. They were filled with every kind of unrighteousness, okay? Every kind. Now, what's under this every kind? He's going to list the kinds. Wickedness, covetousness, malice. They're rife with envy and murder, strife, deceit, hostility. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, contrivers of all sorts of evil disobedient to parents, senseless, covenant breakers, heartless, ruthless, and although they fully know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they approve of those who practice them. That's some pretty serious stuff that we see what the lost world does. And sometimes we do the same thing. And God says it is evil. So let me finish up. What's the conclusion? When we gossip, we break commandment number nine out of Leviticus, that to not to give false witness about our neighbor. When we gossip, we break the great commandment, which Jesus said is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second likened to it, to love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor, the people in your world, while you're talking about them behind their back. It's just not love. And James says, this is very hard to control. I want you to know that. You can't say, I've got a New Year's resolution that's starting whatever, seven days late. I'm not going to gossip anymore. It doesn't work that way because you can't control your tongue. You can't. The Holy Spirit can help you. The Holy Spirit can accomplish it through you, but you can't control it yourself. James, Jesus' half-brother, James 3, 5 says, so too the tongue is a small part of the body. Yet it has great pretensions. Think how small a flame sets a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is fire. The tongue represents the world of wrongdoing among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the entire body and sets to fire the course of human existence. And it is set on fire by hell. And he goes on and says, it is not easily controlled. And so in this passage in Acts chapter 6, we find one of the first church servants appointed we find one of the first Christian evangelists. And in the same passage, we find the first recorded Christian martyr. And he's martyred because of gossip and slander out of the mouths of religious people. It's kind of scary when we read that because we need to understand it is a serious sin for all of us your pastor included. So how do we move forward and learn to zip it? I want to encourage you every time you hear something or think something or know something that even remotely sounds like the word 
gossip. I want you to consider thinking about and projecting another word spelled with much of the same letters but with an entirely different meaning. Rather than gossip, how about we focus on gospel? You see, gossip is bad news while gospel is the good news. Gossip destroys while the gospel delivers. Gossip tears down while the gospel builds up. Gossip reveals a story and the gospel redeems a story. Isn't that so much better? Sure it is. And that's what Jesus wants for our life. He wants us to be gospel sharers, not gossip sharers. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and we're finished. Maybe today you realize you've let your tongue run away with you. You've shared gossip on people and we all have. Maybe you have lended a listening ear to the gossip of others. Maybe you're the target of the gossip. Wherever you are, I want you to know, I want you to know God knows where you are at and he will respond to your need. If your need is forgiveness for gossip and deliverance from gossiping, he'll provide that. If your need is is restoration and healing because you've been gossiped about, he will provide that for you. But I want you today most to know most of all today, maybe you're here and you just wonder about this whole thing. The Bible, Jesus, how he has demands on our life. I want you to understand it begins with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you came today for whatever reason and you are not in a relationship with God through Jesus, I want you to know it begins when you simply say, God, I know I'm a sinner. And God, I believe in this moment that Jesus died on a cross for me 2,000 years ago and paid my sin debt. And so, God, I want Jesus to come into my life and save me from my sinful condition. I want you to adopt me into your forever family. God, I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way in this moment, but I'm trusting it's your Holy Spirit inviting me into your forever family. Save me today. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we get to open your word and just let it speak to our hearts. And God, we pray that we will listen to the Holy Spirit and respond in obedience, that you would be honored with our life, that Jesus would be glorified through our life, and that our words will be a witness about the greatness of Jesus and not the mistakes and the setbacks of others. And for those that maybe received you for the very first time today, God, I pray that they will tell people about it and go public with their new faith walk with Jesus. And we pray it in his name. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.